Listening to the Talking Spirit Emma Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo, surprise, Chris! <laughs> Spring 2018 reviews are starting. Really? Are you ready? We completely skipped our uh, uh, preview of the next season. Did we? Yep. We we went with uh, E3 instead. I'm guessing. Is it that time already? Yeah, I'm assuming. Wow, I've completely forgotten because we usually we usually do the preview before we do the reviews. Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll do that next week. I don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You can tell we're a mess right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're 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 trying to hold it together. I've I'm like wow, I cannot believe I totally forgot the re- previews. That's fine. That's fine. It is it's going to be a really insane uh, season next season. So um, I'm sure everybody already knows what's coming up, but we'll definitely be dropping to that. But yeah, right now we're doing our reviews for the spring 2018 season. It's our first parter. We'll do I think three total parts of it and. Um, I think the thing that threw it off also is that yeah, E3 happened, screwed up, and it, <laughs> there's like all these shows are ending like a week ago. Uh, Carcaptor Soccer I think was two weeks ago, and there's some shows like Darling the Franks is going to be like the seventh before it's finally over, and it's like okay, that's like a huge gap. That's that's mm-hmm. four week gap between one show ending and another show ending. So it's like. Yeah, we always it's try to get this stuff It's more exaggerated than it used to be. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's even there's even a lot of shows. There's like two shows this season. They're not even going to be ending until like one's ending in September. <laughs> uh, Beatless. It's like what what are we doing now? What what is this whole holding episodes for like forever? Anyways, we have uh, about let's see eight shows this uh, this episode. We have Hina Matsuri, uh, Last Ridge, Conflated, We Cross, uh, Comic Girls. Uh, Uma Muzume, Pretty Derby, Real Girl, Magical Girl, Sight, Record of Grand Crest War, and Carcaptor Sakura Clear Card Arc, the first of them, I'm assuming. I'm thinking they've said there's more of them. I don't know. I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we can start things off. It's going to start with a bang. It's probably the best show of the entire season we're going to start definitely off with. Has, definitely has the best girl of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thinking, thinking. I'm, I'm just giving it best overall, so I guess if you just want to give it to the character, we can do that too. But yes, Hina Matsuri, this is a show that streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, uh, done by Studio Feel. The source is a manga, and the genres are sci-fi, slice-of-life, comedy, supernatural, and seinen. 
This one follows Hina. Uh, well, it starts off following Nita. Nita is this guy who's part of the Yakuza, and he's his whole joy is coming home, and he has this collection of vases that he really takes care of. And at some point, this random metal object just suddenly appears inside of his living room, and there's a face <laughs> on one side of it. And he kind of ignores it, just goes to bed, and then he wakes up the next morning, comes back in his living room, and it's still sitting there, and... Uh, he was hoping it was his imagination. Yeah, so like it's, it's, it'll go away, hopefully. Uh, but it didn't go away. And uh, inside this little capsule is this girl named Hina, and she requests him to kind of let her out of there by hitting this little ball on it, and it releases her. And yeah, um, thus begins his adventure of living with this girl named Hina, who is apparently from the future, and uh, she has superpowers. So that's a thing, too. And uh, she kind of pretty much threatens to uh, destroy his vases if he doesn't let her live there and take care of her. And he feeds her, and she's kind of a, a leech, even though he's trying to continue living on his life as in a Yakuza. So <laughs> Pretty much. And over time, you meet other characters. There's uh, Hitomori, or Hito, Hitomi, who is a uh, student who is in the school that Hina ends up going to. And she ends up getting blackmailed into becoming a bartender. And then there's another girl from the future named Anzu who comes to pretty much take down Hina and then um, learns about the world in a very precious way. <laughs> and some other characters uh, towards the later parts of it. But yes. Uh, so what do you think of Hina Matsuri? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. I think that this came out strongly and easily took the, the show of the season, at least for me. I... It, hit all the marks as far as its humor was concerned. I just, I love just great moments. And then they have these little humanizing moments in there that are just like the absurdity of the moment just absolutely makes you go, wow, that is such, so true to life. And, and it just, a lot of those little tidbits of, um, kind of those, um, weird wisdoms that that are just pure irony in their own way it's just it's such a well done it was such a great greatly crafted perfectly done show i really really enjoyed myself with it i think the insane thing about the show is that when i seen the pe- the previous four it was like okay this is going to be a just a wacky show Yakuza guy he's got this girl with psychic powers the i think the the little key art they had for it had like this playoff of et it was really really hilarious and so I was going into it like, okay, this is going to be so funny. And then it got to, like, Anzu's episode. And it was like, holy crap, they're getting, like, really serious here. Like, this is a very this is a very serious moment. It's being very realistic. It's very down-to-earth. It's very heartwarming at the same time. Heartbreaking uh, is getting into, like, uh, these people that are homeless and uh, finding the value in things. It's like, all these things are kind of hitting you in the face. And it's like, this show is literally, like... It gets you laughing about really silly things, and then, like, the next minute, it punches you in the stomach saying, oh, by the way, life. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? <laughs> I can't get my bearings. Exactly what are we doing here? Because I'm at one moment, I'm I'm just heartbroken for these characters, and I want to take care of them. And the next moment, they're making me laugh. It's like, it, it is so silly, and at the same time, so down-to-earth and, and raw that I just, I love both of those moments. Just, just these great little moments that they kind of sprinkle in there. And I, I think a lot of it kind of surrounds Anzu. Quite a bit of it kind of came out of nowhere with Hitomi. <laughs> Hitomi ends up being like the character that you say, just say no, girl. Like, she cannot, <laughs> she cannot say no. So she's constantly having to help people with things. 
there's like this whole moment where she's like running multiple jobs and has multiple people trying to headhunt for her. It's it's insane that this girl is doing all this stuff, but it's so funny because it's like even though it is absurd, it still kind of fits in this world, and you're still kind of going along with it, going, "This is so, this poor girl, like say no." <laughs> it, it's funny that they they manage to mesh the supernatural with the absurdity of what they're kind of going through, still make it believable, still make it heartwarming, still make it heartbreaking, and at the same time make you laugh the entire time. It's like it's mixing all these things and it's doing it perfectly. Um, mesh that in with the fact that it, it looked really, really great. I thought that the character designs were kind of unique. I've never really kind of seen character designs like this, and I absolutely love them. Uh, they had a nice little polish and shine to them throughout the entire thing. Uh, and they even had a little really great action moments. Great, great, great uh, animation scenes, yeah. <laughs> had, uh, I mean, the one that we've seen in the previews was the whole scene with the um, the rock, paper, scissors that Hina and Anzu were doing, which was really, really goofy. Uh, but even outside of that, like the very first scene that it opens up with has like this whole karate scene that happens, and it's funny because later on we kind of go, "Oh yeah, that's right, that was that scene," <laughs> um, and it was like really incredible animation. It's like, well, this is really coolly. I mean, not even just animation, just the choreograph in it was like out of nowhere. Um, but uh, yeah, it just excellent characters, excellent moments, great comedy. Everything was just pretty much spot on with the show, and I don't really think I had a single moment where I wasn't fully enjoying the show. So. It easily took my top for the for the season, um, hands down. So and we told you guys it was happening. We kind of warned you, and it's how it is. It was funny because it was it was definitely up there on my list of like anticipated shows for the season, but it wasn't like I wasn't really expecting it to take off like it did. Yeah, like it, it completely floored me. It was like, oh wow, this is this is actually the best show of the season, and it's hitting me right off the bat. So um, it all started with Anzu's little story. Yeah, Anzu, Anzu, Anzu is easily the one thing that just kind of floored us. I, I, at least me, I was like, I even went and told somebody else about Anzu just just to share Anzu with somebody outside of my circle. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Definitely, definitely uh, check I, it out. I made her watch the singing song. I'm sorry, the song. It's all about the song. Call me. Yeah, they'll call me. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. Uh, next one we have is Lostridge Conflated We Cross. This one is the third season of the We Cross series so far that we've watched. Third or fourth? Um, it's the third season, and there was a movie somewhere in there that we never got. So um, and I'm assuming something that happened in here was <laughs> related to that movie. So that kind of sucked. It was like, okay, I guess I don't have to watch the movie. So that that, that happened. So, oh, well. But anyways, this one's streamed on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by studio JC Staff. Uh, the source is, of course, a card game, the We Cross game. And the genres are game and psychological. I believe it also has, like, a light novel and stuff like that that it's actually based off of. It's just the original source is a We Cross game. So, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know the We Cross series, it basically takes place in the modern times. Uh, people play this game, which is We Cross, the actual card game, but... And the interesting thing about it, which starts in the first season, is that there are certain people who, when they go to play this game, they actually end up running into a card in their pack that is a Larig. And this Larig is actually a fighter that is in the card that basically they've been selected. They're called selectors. The people that actually get these cards are called selectors. They have these Larigs, which are, you know, actually animated and, and live living cards that actually battle. Kind of like and if they avatars find- in the in the game. Yeah, and if they find somebody else that is a selector, they can battle each other, and it teleports them into this kind of 
parallel world where they battle on these little, these two different, uh, they have two different, you know, actual game boards and they fight physically, their, their actual rigs fight physically with each other. Uh, the th- interesting thing that comes from the first season and the second season and third season is there's always some kind of catch this this game. Uh, something that ends up being uh, gambled in the process. But there's always this this goal in mind. That there is something you will get granted to you in the end, but there's always some kind of catch that you might lose. And that was something that was kind of present in the first season, second season, and now third, th- third season. Uh, with the, each season, they seem to add some new element to the, uh, the actual combat or some, or they change the, what's kind of being gambled. Um, in this particular one, they add the, uh, unlock system and the unlock system is kind of like, and there, I guess, I don't know if I want to get too much into the other stuff. There's, there's also this way of actually gaining another rig. It, it kind of th- throws a few different rules into play. Uh, but in the end, it kind of turns into, uh, a similar element to the previous one in the first season was that they they could be granted something uh their wish the second one that was kind of getting into memories and this one was more like a it's all kind of coming to an end you have pretty much everybody from the previous seasons are now becoming a part of this battle is it a fourth season no i'm trying to i'm starting to wonder this is the first season this was a second season um, yeah, th- this is the third season, because she was technically part of the second season. Okay, that's what threw me off. It's uh, four cores, for sure. Yes, so. That's that's kind of, I guess, where I'm kind of leaning more, is each each core had its own kind of feel to it, of something that that they were adding to the, the, the system. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I... Didn't enjoy this season. I and I I pretty much have been very mixed on the series overall. Like the first season, I enjoyed it uh, towards the later part of it. I didn't really enjoy it beginning part of it because it was a lot of you got to get used to Mario Kata's um, like melodrama. And I think she was only a part of the first core. I could be wrong there, but I I know that she pretty much designed it. Like she put the groundwork for it at least, so they they can easily build off of it. The second season, I was pretty much not on board with. I did enjoy the addition of uh, Peter Duke, which she was probably the more interesting thing about the second season. And she pretty much was built off of in the third season, this season that we're talking about now. Uh, So that element was a thing that kind of kept me going, is I was really interested in Peter Duke's story. It was probably one of the more interesting elements of the second and third season. Uh, everything else I didn't enjoy. Uh, the one thing that I always end up getting caught up on and I can't let it go. So this is probably where you can probably just disregard my thoughts on this is I can't get over the combat. I love the combat animation. They, they're always top notch. The sound is impactful. The, a lot of the action scenes when they're not, uh, when they're actually showing them fighting, it it looks really, really good. It seems like they put everything into those combat sequences but the the combat itself, there's so much riding on this, and I think I said the same thing in the second season. There's so much riding on these these duels that they're having that you would think that they want to make it more feel more like there is some sort of weight to decisions, but there never is weight to decisions because it always ends up there's no strategy. There's no strategy whatsoever to any of these fights, and every time they add a new element to it, it seems like they're throwing the strategy out the window even more. And then when you add more, let's say, rule-breaking to it, which I won't really get into what that is, 
it's like I don't even care anymore. It, it, the, this can happen where whatever they want to do, and I don't really feel like there is a competition. Like I'm going, ooh, they could possibly win this. No, it's always one sided, and I don't really care because there's no there's no telegraphs that I know where this battle's going. So that's was my huge hang up with the second season. It's even more of a hang up with this season. So what I come down into is, do I care about the characters? And in this situation they start going back into the second season characters, which I never really cared for at all. Um, yeah, touching on Peter Duke, which I really enjoyed, and that was really my sticking point for the season. But everything else, I could care less about. I did enjoy seeing some can- some returning characters from the first season because they were probably more easily the most strongest characters in the entire series besides Peter Duke. But they did well, they weren't there enough. <laughs> the, fir- the first season characters weren't there enough, or they didn't get enough... Uh, they were already pretty much fleshed out from the first season, so there really was much else they could do with them. Um, so, yeah. I, like I said, didn't get much from the season. I was very frustrated by it, but at the same time, I did like seeing more of Peter Duke, and I'm hoping this is the, it with it, because it seems like with every season, they're just kind of rehashing what they what you think is already concluded, and they kind of just bring it back to say, oh, well, it's back, and here we go again. And we're going to kind of somewhat resolve it the same way as we always resolve it by granting something. And they'll probably make another season where they'll bring it back. I think I, I think I've seen a spoiler that shows that there's going to be another season. So Is there? it'll probably just keep going and keep going and keep going just by rehashing it because magic. Because um, it had a lot of because moments in the last battle, too. That was kind of funny, too. It's like because, of, of course, that makes that happen. I don't know. It'll why. be interesting to see where they take it from here, Ed, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep going with it. My, just, my, just bring it back to the, just the core and just have it, just give it some sort well, of base of combat that you can kind of follow. I, I can't follow it. That's the I, problem. I agree with you on the the aspect of the 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 battles are becoming more and more convoluted, and I I understand why it's it's mostly because they always have to one up themselves, mm-hmm. and the problem is after I mean, it was a certain cool, point, it was a cool mechanic, and it made it more fun, but it it still you can't follow it as a competition, right? It, it, it I'm I agree. It, it 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 became it was interesting, but it. It 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 becomes more convoluted the more and more you have to one up yourself because at at some point you can't you literally can't beat OP I I mean okay so what beats OP OP okay it's like infinity plus infinity I at what point does infinity stop winning <laughs> the final boss of course but see you have to have a a, a special trick for the uh, the hero to win at the end so yeah anyway. The the point is, is that at a certain point, it got a, a bit too convoluted. Now, the story in itself, I, I thought was they were trying to to keep a a main through line, but they they had they it became too reliant on the battling system to push the narrative. And that was the biggest problem is after a certain point, they had to focus so much on the battles to uh for lack of a better term to um make the main storyline uh work and at like we are like i was already pointing out the battles were already becoming too convoluted and your your main storyline was relying on those battles to make the 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 story become something towards the end and then it just became one big old 
crazy nutcase battle at the end and okay well it's 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 all done and and a happy ending for what it's worth so all in all i mean i'm really really mixed i really did enjoy myself up until a certain point at probably around three quarters of the way through this final uh core i and it started becoming really crazy as far as who is who is going to one up each other i mean i was still following it it was still fine but at at some point like i said it just it was becoming too reliant on the battles to push the story and the story was losing its way and it just didn't bring a big fine finality at the end to go okay you brought in all these other characters who i already have a very very big special spot in my heart for these have better have a some kind of an impact on the story. Oh no! Well, it's actually this character all along. Well, okay, I guess. It's so funny because uh, what what is frustrating though is that you, when you kind of step back and look at what the narrative was or the storyline itself was, it's kind of like, wow, yeah, you have Peter Duke's story, the whole body, the bar, the body card swapping thing. Uh, you have the. Um, the return of the characters or the, the continuation of the fight. But then like most everything else besides like this small snippet at the last episode where you find a finally kind of reveal what everything's happening. It literally, the narrative is it's here again. We have, we have to stop this cycle. I like fighting. That literally is the storyline is we have to stop this from continuing. I like fighting. (laughs) That is your drive for like eight episodes. And it's like, Okay, I get it. I know this is a bad thing. We need to make this not continue. But do we really need to have eight episodes of I really like fighting? <laughs> it, it, that's that's the struggle you have in it in the end. But uh, yeah, it is kind of funny, though, when you do kind of have those three generations, so to speak, kind of coming together is that they're so vastly different. Like e- even like the first season characters seem sort of childish and in contrast to the Moe characters of the second season uh, versus the stoic characters of the third season. Yeah. Do you, are you, do you give me like the stoic, the Moe, yeah. and then the childish? It's mm-hmm. it's like, wow, they they don't... It, when you see them on the same area, it's like, wow, they're, they're really so different. And that was that stark difference that I've seen going in the second season, going in third season. So, um, yeah. Still cool battles, still good music, still good action, still good uh, sound. Um, some really cool uh, kind of mind play with the the card body swapping they were kind of doing. Just kind of, uh, I guess, beating the dead horse a little bit with certain things. So if you're a fan of the the, the lacrosse series, you're probably already watching it. But uh, I will say that if you can wait, I think Sentai picked up the movie. But I, I will say that you technically, to get a full perspective of everything, you probably did want to watch the movie. We never got it so we kind of skipped it and i'm assuming certain things that they were kind of talking about later parts was having to do with that so that kind of sucked but uh i don't think it affected our viewing of it so don't take that with a grain of salt i guess uh comic girls the next one did you end up watching any of this no okay uh comic girls streamed on crunchyroll for 12 episodes done by studio just to save you some time didn't watch anything you didn't watch anything no man Done by Studio Nexus, source is a four-column manga. 
Uh, these genres are slice of life comedy, and uh, this one follows uh, Karuko, or of course they call her Kaus Sensei. Kaus Sensei. Uh, Kaus Sensei is a girl who is trying to become a manga mangaka, and she has a actual editor who looks at her manga and decides if it's going to be put into print or not, and she's failing miserably because all the feedback she seems to be getting is that her stories about high school or middle school girls I don't know if she was in high school I used to high school girls uh, high school girls is really fake even though she technically is a high school girl <laughs> she apparently is making stories that everybody believes is fake high school girls um, and it's mainly because she is pretty much uh, not very sociable she's not like all the other girls who's like very social boys and has these great high school experiences of being with other girls um, at some point, uh, she is told that she's going to be living at this dorm of uh, people who are uh, aspiring manga, uh, mangakas. And she goes to this new dorm, and she meets several other members of the mangaka teams. They're all, of course, cute girls. <laughs> uh, Koyumi, uh, Tsubasa, and Ruki. Uh, Koyumi is, uh, just like her, is just starting out, um, just getting into uh, becoming a mangaka and getting her stuff published. Subasa is a... Uh, does more of the uh, shonen mangakas, like the the hero boy kind of stuff. Uh, Ruki is known as the I was like big opai uh, sensei because her stuff is all pretty much etchy eroge kind of stuff, and everybody believes that the person that is created this is some big boobed girl, <laughs> even though she's very flat. But they live this life at this dorm, and they help Kaos, who is just getting into the stuff, and Kaos supports them in different ways, even though she's very terrible at everything, including even drawing in lines and whatnot, or backgrounds. And she tries to find her inspiration, learn about actual dealings with people, so that she can make believable uh, comic strips or manga strips, so... Uh, this one probably, besides Hinamatsuri, who... See, here's a problem. Every season, I hope to have that one show that does happy, fluffy things and makes me happy and uh, drowns out the bad things that are happening currently in life. And Hinamatsuri, I thought, was it because it made me laugh a lot out loud, but it also broke my heart a lot. So it's kind of like one of those things like, you're not quite it. Comic Girls was the one that ended up being my my bubbly show of the of the season, but it still had its elements of being kind of no, you're you're kind of being a little bit too uh, depressing right now, and I want happy, fun stuff. Why can't I? Have, I guess last uh, last period ends up being that one. Never mind. Last period ends up being the one. <laughs> so I had I had two even though that it's, two it's got ground. a huge gotcha system. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me depressed for what I've done with gotcha. Uh, yeah, even though I always ended up coming in while they, he was, he was on a scene where they were doing the gotcha system. I think that's what the it's entire the show is about. It's, it's, it's one of the jokes that they have throughout the entire thing. But, uh, yeah. So Hinamatsuri but comic they did girls. they have Weissman. Yes, Weissman. <laughs> Hinamatsuri and, and comics girls end up becoming the kind of middle ground area that still has a lot of fun in it, but also kind of being a little bit, uh, serious at times. Whereas last period, I guess, was just full on, uh, fluffy, happy moe. But anyways, uh, Comic Girls, I, I'm i sort of like in the middle area to kind of going into the side of enjoying the show. Uh, mainly because I think the character designs are great. They're very cute. They're very expressive. They're very well animated. Uh, Nexus did a very great job on the show. They were probably the most lively characters of the entire season um, of animation-wise. 
they're just very expressive, especially Kaus, because she is just way too insanely expressive. Uh, Kaus is a very interesting character in that she is probably the reason why you'll either hate or love this show. And it was, for a good period of time, she was why I was hating this show. And it's, she's also for the reason why I struggle with if I enjoy this show or not. Because in one moment, I think she's adorable. I love her to death. Her blah, 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 blah thing that she does whenever she's freaking out is absolutely cute. It's her little verbal tick. Uh, but then there's time. You have to be in a certain mood for that. <laughs> and so I've had times where I, op- I, I fire up an episode and she's grating on my nerves. And I fire up another episode and I'm just laughing along with how goofy and overreactive she is. She's literally like if you took the main character of the show, who is Kao Sensei, she's literally like if you took a full-on otaku and shoved him inside of a hyper-genki, overly self-conscious, cute little moe girl. That's what she is. So she nerds out on so many things. She's lacks any self-confidence whatsoever she freaks out about everything she's hyper genki in that regard she's not energetic genki like she's running around the room she's just she doesn't shut up (laughs) and she's freaking out about everything she reacts to everything she overly reacts to everything um and that is ko sensei and so like i said you you literally have to be in a certain mood for that and she can either ruin the episode or she can make you just laugh out loud and and want to support her kind of uh in that regard so yeah She's kind of in there, and I, I don't really know where to put her, but I, I do love her, but there's times where I'm going, girl, you gotta settle down. You gotta you gotta take a chill pill. Um, supported by her is, I think, probably the strongest cast um, for a show like this. It, it is very rare that I run into a cute girls doing cute things show like this where I enjoy pretty much every single character for different reasons. Um, I think the only other ones is stuff like probably Nanobiori or uh, Is the Order Rabbit. You just love the entire cast. And I think this one kind of has that. Uh, Koyomi is pretty much the the etchy of the show. She's very sexy. She she They do things with her character a lot, so keep that in mind. It is, does have some etchy in the show. Uh, it doesn't mess with it too much. It's like You'll get like an episode or two where it's like, okay, we're doing this. And the rest of the time, it's like they don't even care about it. So... Don't expect that the entire thing is etchy. It's just they kind of, they mess with it for a little bit. So, uh, Subasa, probably the only character I would probably say that I'm the least into, but still a fun character, very supporting kind of character, very big sister. Uh, Ruki was just a blast because she's very un- inconfident about what she's doing. Her story was probably the one of the most fleshed out of the rest of the characters because they really do get into her uh, insecurities and kind of her face revealed to her fans, which was a really cool episode. Uh, but the parents, or the adults, I think, were probably one of the more shining beacons of the show. The mother was fantastic. You don't see great moms in shows often. She was just a beautiful character. Uh, the dorm mom, uh, Ridika, she was just very cool, very supportive, very much the mom away from home. Uh, the teacher was absolutely a blast in her kind of nerdum. And, of course, her editor was... Um, borderline mama borderline big sister and i really liked her character and that she was kind of being a strong arm so that she can help Kaos get better um but it's, it's a blast show it's 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 got a lot of moe in it it's very cute very fun but like i said earlier it does have this kind of snuck in features of uh self-confidence and um learning to lean on people 
getting your strength, finding your way, finding uh, the things that you enjoy in life and really sticking with it in order to come out on top. Um, that's kind of mixed in the middle of all this stuff. So it, it, it's kind of weird in that every now and then it's like, okay, wow, it's it's kind of getting really uh, depressing because she's really kind of stuck. And, it, and it, it's almost like somebody was trying to make a full-on Moe manga or whatever. It was a four-comma manga. Uh, trying to make a full-on Moe show is sort of, sort of, I guess, in parallel to what Kaos is trying to write up, um, is trying to make this full-on Moe thing. But every now and then it's like the... It's like the writer is going, but I kind of want to di- I want to kind of dive into this, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to make people notice this kind of thing. Like this is a thing that people go through. Writer's block, uh, the fear of not being able to fulfill feel something, the fear of losing the one thing that you enjoy doing because you don't, you can't pull it off. Things like that are kind of just in there out of nowhere. That's like, well, okay, we're getting a little bit serious here, and it kind of just jumps right back into being goofy and moe, which um, so it doesn't stick in it too long, but it, it is kind of mixed in there which was kind of refreshing and kind of uh heartbreaking but at the same time it, it it didn't didn't linger too long to kill the mood too much so sounds fun yep very much a, an enjoyable ride i if you like cute girls doing cute things definitely there i think it's uh one of those shows that's not fully don't expect that's all it's got to offer so if you are looking for more than just that there is a little bit more in there it is it is kind of Hitting a little bit on and manga creation, it does them actually creating uh, the manga and the backgrounds and buying supplies and getting into you know meets and editorials and stuff like that. It, it's not like Shirobako levels, but it's kind of just enough. It's it's kind of like a new game. Uh, it's that level of actually getting into the industry. It is not like it's going to sit there and sit you down and go, okay, this is how you render a character and this is how you script things. This is how you. Bu- it, it, but it's there enough that you, it, the, the characters are involved in it, so you get to see it. So, yeah. Yeah. And this is a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I had to show Chris that part. At some, at some point, they're like, here's a romance. It's this this foreign exchange student has a 500 IQ, and and he's romancing this girl, and, and it has the clip, and he just says, this is a pin. Mm-hmm. This is a pin. And then, and this other one, the, this other teacher shows up and she knows English and it's, this is a pin. This is a pin. <laughs> it's like, why are they just saying this is a pin? That shows that you know English when you could say that, apparently. Yeah, I wrote my notes that Kao Sensei is the little engine that could basically your entire story. <laughs> I, I kind of hate that I missed that one. You can always go back and watch it. It's, mm-hmm. it's always there and we can review it again if you want. Uh, Uma Musume, Pretty Derby. This one is uh, streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 13 episodes, done by Studio PA Works, and the source is a game. Genres are sports. The genres are a sport. That's our answer right there. If it was going to do two cores or not, it went single core. So they are already talking about they want to do a second season, but of course, every director and history and producer wants to keep doing stuff. They always say that, say, hey, it depends on how popular it is. We want to do more. Um, so take that with a grain of salt. It's our second dosage of salt. But yes, Uma uh, Muzume, Pretty Derby. This one takes place in modern setting. Uh, but it's kind of different in the idea that in this world, uh, some children can be born as horse girls. And they kind of have... What it is that this is basically based off of a mobile game that has... Uh, cute moe girls personified of actual racing horses 
And that is kind of the brilliant thing about this show and all together is that you have uh, these characters are actually following real horror stories. Um, but anyways, we follow Special Week. She is this girl who is, um, she basically told her adopted mom and her, and her actual uh, deceased mother that she wants to become the greatest of Japan, the greatest racing horse of Japan. And so she goes off to... Horse girl. Horse girl. Uh, go off to the uh, Tokyo's uh, Tracing Academy because that was the place you want to go to, and she wants to train to become the best. And she arrives there. She joins the Spica team, and the Spica team, they they race and train to become the best. And um, she meets a bunch of other horse girls like Silence Suzuka, who is this girl that she is just absolutely emphatic about, and they become friends, and they race together and try to go for the cup and become the best. That's basically it. And Trainer likes to rub their legs. And he get kicked them. in the face. Kick, kick the I face. think he enjoys getting kicked in the face. <laughs> I think he just enjoys <laughs> testing legs. I think that's, that's really no, the thing. No, he likes getting kicked in the face. Um, both, probably. but uh, Possibly. Yeah, I, I think the big uh, surprising thing about this is it's one of those ones where you're watching it and it's like, okay, well, this is based off a mobile game where these girls kind of race and... Uh, Japan loves their horse racing, so and they love their Moe characters, so this is a perfect opportunity for making lots of money. Uh, PA Works did basically a PV for them, and then they were signed up to make a full entire series out of it, and so that's what this is. And I think the the fascinating thing about it is that I'm not sure if it was an initiative by PA Works. I'm assuming it is, unless it's all in the mobile game as well. But they they take they took huge strides in making this as. Uh, well detailed as possible. Like I was looking into uh, Tokai uh, Taiyo. I don't. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce her name. But she was the girl that was obsessed with the the student council president or the 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 president girl. Um, love her character. She was absolutely adorable. Uh, at some point, they were trying to get her to help them learn how to dance because the whole thing about this is that they don't even they don't just race around the course as these horse girls. They also, whoever wins gets on stage and they actually do like an idle performance. And it's actually in the mobile game. Uh, so it was kind of funny to see that they actually brought that to the anime as well. Um, and of course, Special Weeks gets up there. She's only just trained. She gets up on the stage and she's terrible because she's <laughs> she's never trained to be an idol. She's always just trained to write, uh, race. She loves running. Um, but anyways, they, they enlist her help or Takai's help or Tokai's help. And she's doing this whole dance routine on this uh, little stage. And I was looking into the character herself and ended up finding out that the actual horse that she's named after would perf- would do a little trot like that, the same stepping kind of thing, on command. And there's like a, there's there's like a clip out there you can watch where she's actually or the horse is actually doing it. So it's really funny to kind of see that all these characters are the injuries they sustain, um, the things they do, the quirks they have, their their moodiness, all that kind of stuff are actually based off the actual real horses. All the races that they do are based off of real races. Who wins and everything is based off the real race. So if you notice that certain characters that you expect to win a lot is not winning, it's because they just never won. So um, that was one of those funny things where you just expect it to be a, well, let's kind of do this whole tier system and find out who wins. And it's always going to, you're going to be always rooting for the main character. It doesn't quite play out that way because, you know, real life isn't a cute Moe show where you have that kind of continuous build of winning or not. So those kind of things peeled into it. Just the way the characters act, their the fluffiness of their tail, the way it wags, their ears, the the phones that they use have being so long Stupid so that it reaches phones. their because their ears are literally on the top of their head, just like you know, a horse's. It's not they don't have like 
the whole human ears and horse ears thing. They just have the horse ears. Uh, so having that kind of the extended long phone thing was just kind of funny. Uh, all those skeins, uh, everything they talk about, their snacks and everything are always kind of carrot based. Uh, it's just that, that attention to detail they kind of threw into it. It's something I totally expect from PA Works. Um, sadly, it doesn't have like the visual polish that, you know, one of their more higher production value things like Alone in the Sea or, or um, Sakura Quest kind of has. But it's enough that it was very, the characters' models were very cute. They kept my model pretty much most of the time. They did a good job of hiding the CGI, even though they used it for like for the distance away from the actual pan shot of the uh, the view that we have. Um, looking really good, and the the music and the sound effects were really spot on. A lot of the races were just kind of amplified by the fact that you know it would rev up and the characters would do their kick off with their foot, and you would it would the music the sound the music would kind of ramp up and it would just be invigorating. Every single one of these matches were just. I got pumped into them, even though I I could probably guess who's going to win or who's going to lose, but I was always kind of pumped into it because of what they kind of, the production values that they put into each one of these races going towards the the finish line. You're just kind of rooting, like, you want special week win. You hear the, the announcers yelling about Silent Suzuka is going up on the other side, and you're just getting all excited, and there's El Condor, and you're getting all excited, and there's special week, there's special week, and special week's running up there, and you're like, yeah, special week, special week, and everybody's in the, the crowd is cheering about special week, and they're Doing a little energy, it's it's just it's so much fun. Every single one of the matches just gets me all pumped up. And uh, I think the only other one that's doing that right now is was probably uh, um, Make a Little Box. She getting me all excited for these matches, so it was really cool. Yeah, they definitely pulled off the matches. I I I, I remember watching several of these matches and getting kind of teary eyed or enjoy just in getting involved in the actual matches and wa- watching them. I don't know how they pulled it off every time, but they did and. That's what I enjoyed about it is, is is the fact that that when when it coming around to that last turn and 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 you know that special week or Suzuka is going to kick in and do their their super sprint, it it's just so much fun watching that and 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 getting involved in it was just a blast. I I enjoyed a lot of the the little drama notes that they hit between the the matches when somebody would would not win or. Um, or some other kind of issue had came came from certain characters and what happened with them. A lot of those moments were really touching and fun, and not so much fun, but it, it, they they did well at at tugging at the heartstrings when it needed to be done. So I, I very much enjoyed myself. I this was not. I I want to say it was a. I mean, we picked it, but wasn't one that we were expecting to do as well as it did, and it they just knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. As as far as expectations, not necessarily that they were one of the best shows of the season. They just they 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 definitely pulled off a really good solid show out of this. Yeah, I think I think the thing to take away from it is the fact that it wasn't really much there. Um, it's kind of like a, a Rage of Bahamut kind of thing where it's like, well, what what story do you really have with this? And for them to kind of pull together what they did to do the research they did, it d- definitely showed they didn't want to treat this as like just a throwaway. Uh, property like oh but we have a, a mobile game let's advertise it with 13 episodes it, it seemed like they really wanted to do their diligence in what they did now i i dialing it back i said on my positive things i will say that for the most part the show doesn't really have much going on for it outside of the matches themselves um some drama that is included with with special week silent suzuka um probably some small things with like al condor 
those moments were pretty spot on. I really did enjoy the drama that they had involving with their races and winning or losing. Uh, some of the, the difficulties that some of them faced were definitely heartbreaking, and uh, seeing them kind of overcome them was just absolutely fantastic. But besides those three characters and their stories involving with the race and outside of the race, for the most part, a lot of the episodes were kind of like, yeah, this kind of just happened. It wasn't nothing that it was to write home about. They didn't really kind of shoot for anything fantastic. Um, and the overall story didn't really seem like it really had something going for it. It was really just the characters in all these different random races. Because like I said earlier, it's not that there's like, it's okay, they have to hit this cup, and then it's going to go to the silver cup, and then they go to the gold cup, and then they win, or the, they win the world. No, it's, it's really like, it's just matches all over the place. And none of them are really kind of... None of them are building up to a single t- tip of a pyramid. They're they're just at different race courses and they're different races, uh, similar to you know actual uh, uh, betting races and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. Um, but like I said, I, for the most part, it wasn't really like there was something to write home about with a overarching plot that was just kind of blowing you out of the park. It's just it had some great character moments and it had a lot of detail that was heart that was put into it. So, yeah, and. <laughs> the the gold ship having her eye poked every two seconds <laughs> poor girl um i really do want to know the story behind gold ship because i was looking into her again and it's like she's everything that i see about the mobile game and whatnot she's like the most like uppity and stoic and like silent character but apparently she's still a trickster in that so um she was definitely a trickster and liked getting her eye poked a lot so that poor girl she's gonna be blind uh, Real Girl, 3D Kanojo, Real Girl. This one streamed on High Dive. Ran for 12 episodes, and they already have a second season confirmed, which I believe is going to be in January of 2019. Uh, this one was done by stu- uh, Studio Hoods Entertainment, which, um, for those who don't know, is one that did Fairy Tale Girls. And it shows towards later parts of the show. <laughs> uh, the sources of manga, the genres are romance, school, and shoujo. And this one follows a boy named Hikari, and Hikari, uh, after binging a uh, his favorite, I believe he was at the time binging uh, a Magical Girl show or something like that. He was doing anime, because he's a taku. Um, he slept in, comes to school late, gets in trouble along with this other girl named Roja, and they are forced to work on this pull together, and they have a little bit of exchange. Later on, uh, Hikari runs into Iroha being kind of pushed around by her quote-unquote boyfriend, and he sticks up for her and protects her. Uh, gets beat up, but uh, she kind of falls for him at that point. And so it's a, because it starts this whole entire romance. Um, it's one of those anime that actually has romance that starts off from the beginning. They start dating right off the bat. It's not a will-they-won't-they they for the entire series until the very end. Uh, they start dating right off the bat. But it's kind of like this whole thing where Hikari doesn't really believe that she uh, really likes him because there's she's one of the prettiest girls in the school. She's very beautiful. Though she is one of those people that is hated by the girls, liked by all the boys, and hated by all the girls. So um, she's kind of in that middle ground, even though she is very beautiful. Uh, but she really does like Hikari, or so we're kind of led to believe early on. And Hikari doesn't believe that she really does like him. She, He's an otaku. He doesn't really know people very well. And uh, thus begins this whole thing of um, trying to figure each other out. And Hikari basically learning to socialize with people because he's been an otaku his entire life. The only person he's really socialized with is uh, Yuto, his best friend. And he's kind of the same way. He's They're both kind of just shutouts of society, and they don't really socialize people. They don't, they just have, they, they've accepted that they are this, and they don't care what people think kind of thing. Uh, at the same time, Iroha is trying to 
uh, get with Hikari, and then they meet other people that are kind of throwing wrenches into the mix. Um, I'm very mixed on this show. Uh, visually, I guess I can start off with the visuals. It was okay at the very beginning. Um, it, it's it's it's. I mean, for the entire thing, it, it's it's serviceable. It, it visually is okay. Um, the character designs are kind of wonky most of the time, but it works as a kind of a type of show that it is. I think towards the later parts, it gets even worse and worse. Um, I really do wonder what's happening with Hoods Entertainment. I hope that they are get this stuff sorted out because this is. Uh, Fairy Tale Girls was a mess, and this one is kind of not showing me signs that they're getting better. Um, I mean, they are technically getting better because they actually finished. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, but I'm I'm very mixed on the show as a story itself because the interesting thing is is it it does hit on a lot of things that I was definitely interested in the kind of seeing what the writer was going to go about with this stuff. Like opening it up, it is literally an otaku who doesn't really socialize with people. Uh, kind of being pulled out of his shell. So you can do a lot of really cool things with that. You can have this character who is an otaku being pulled out and struggling with, does he really want to do that? Um, can he socialize with people? Does he really want to? Does he want to just kind of pull back into his shell and say, just go away. I don't care. I I, I am this. Leave me alone. Um, they don't really do that. And and I, and I was that was the struggle that I really had. He's not... He, from what we get from these 12 episodes, he's not really what I would consider to be a really deep otaku. He was more just an antisocial person that doesn't know how to socialize with people. Um, it doesn't really get into his struggle with trying to pull back into his shell. He doesn't really get into the idea that he's being pulled out of his comfort zone. It does every now and then kind of, well, I don't know what she's talking about because I don't really know what these people are talking about. I don't I don't understand her. I don't know what she's... T- what she's doing, but that's like literally every romance story ever. And so you're not really you're not really diving into something new here. Every single male protagonist character in the history of anime romance doesn't understand the girl. That that's literally just that's part of the the understanding of romance. That's that's what you're learning when you fall in love with somebody. So it wasn't really doing anything new there. And so when you paint as this otaku that is being accepted by this girl. You have to. I was hoping they were going to get more into that, and they really didn't. It just it really turned into he is the entire time doesn't understand anybody. He doesn't. He's he's very dense. So outside of that, um, Iroha was kind of the same thing as they kind of painted her as this girl who is very misunderstood, and at the same time, literally within days of them kind of quote unquote dating, she wants to jump him, and it's like you you just paint her as not as being misunderstood that she's not a slutty girl. But then right here, she's already jumping on his guns. I mean, wh- what are we trying to paint her as here? So there, there was a constant struggle with that. And the wasn't that a with- scene of her showing that she was serious, not necessarily that she was a slut? Well, my point is that yeah, it was a it was to show him that she was serious about him, but. If your whole point is to show that she's not a slut and to immediately show me having her want to have sex with him on literally the first day of them dating, that that's a struggle for me. That kind of gives me mixed signals there. Like, wouldn't you want to get to know each other a little bit longer well, than just say, jump his gun because he stopped some guy from strong-arming her or something? Well, she did say that she, if I remember right, I mean, this, this is a long time ago, so um, take that for what it is. I seem to remember her mentioning that she was a virgin and that uh, she was just doing that scene or she was just doing that to show that she was serious. It wasn't that she actually did want to sleep with him at that moment. But they were that was her plan right there. Right. Because if she if he wanted to, she would have. But my point is that they're the story is trying to paint her as that's 
misunderstood misunderstanding of her, and yet they're showing that it's actually seems like it's more plausible. Yeah, it does. It does mention that uh, that aspect of her. But anyways, I uh, outside of that one, you do have like other characters like Ito, who I think he's. I think of all the characters, he's probably the more the otaku than than Hikari was. He was literally the. If if I think of a full on otaku that is completely antisocial, that is him. He he personified that way better than Hikari did, and his uh, his inability to socialize people with was just tenfold to what his was, um, which I which I did really enjoy to kind of see his dynamic versus Hikari. So that was there. I did enjoy Ara- uh, Arisa. She was a really cool character that was similarly misunderstood. I think what he, I, I think what I end up coming with this show when I step away from it is I didn't like Hikari and Iroha's story, um, and they were the main characters of this show. They were li- literally the main romance of this this entire series, and we'll go on to the the second season, of course. Um, mainly because they it painted as a here's an otaku, um, the most beautiful girl in school, um, kind of almost wish fulfillment kind of thing. And it felt dirty in that regard because it really did feel like, wow, this is really convenient. Um, they're in love, and it's of course the otaku and the the most beautiful girl. And so I, I didn't really didn't really feel it. A lot of it was really unrealistic. It took literally like eight episodes before she finally got frustrated with the fact that he doesn't seem to get it. Um, that kind of fell out of nowhere as well. Uh, nowhere as well. What I did kind of get out of this series, which was kind of really cool, was this kind of almost like a camaraderie around the idea of being a misfit. Um, Hikari is a misfit because he's an otaku. Uh, Yuto is a misfit because he's an otaku. Uh, uh, Arisa is a misfit because she's kind of in that that zone similar to Uroha where she's misunderstood in what she is and she's actually got a heart of gold. Uh, Sumie is a misfit because she is an otaku and she is constantly teased and bullied by people and she's kind of like separating herself and doing her little garden uh iroha is a, is a misfit because she is hated by all the girls and and wanted by all the guys and seen as a slut and it, they all have their own kind of closet of skeletons and they all seem to kind of find strength in each other even though they're not always kind of open to meet each other quickly like uh, yuto has struggles Sumie has struggles all the way until the very end of it, but they still kind of find strength in kind of coming together, even though they're all kind of misfits. And I did kind of find that refreshing. Um, it is it is both not shying away from the fact that people do have social anxieties and they have struggles with being what they want to be. They want to be an otaku. It does it it does shine a light on the idea of almost like stop being in your. It it, it is almost like anti otaku while still kind of being supportive of otaku. So I'm not quite sure if that's what the writer's going for, but it does feel like often it is preaching to otaku of like, you know, come out of your shell. There is there is more to life than just what's in your, your game console screen, or there is more to life than just what's on the next episode of an anime. Here is relationships. Here is, um, you know... <laughs> I guess you can go with the whole idea of like fixing fixing the low birth rate kind of crap, but it is kind of in that same realm where it, I don't really feel that it is preachy, but it also is kind of like the same like, hey, there is more to life than just that. And it does play off that a little bit. And it felt like it was respectful of it, but at the same time, a little bit too um, convenient and wish fulfilling. Like, 
yeah, a lot of these relationships is like, that would never happen. Nobody would ever stand up to somebody like that. And a lot of the stuff is like, yeah, I wish that happened. In, the prettiest in, in girl flight. in school <laughs> knows exactly what you're going through. Uh <laughs> and she struggles. She struggles with the idea of figuring out to um, his well, him as well. It's, it's just more of a thing of. It feels very wish fulfilling, and it feels very uh, convenient and pie in the sky. But at the same time, it is kind of hitting on some really cool uh, struggles and treating a lot of it with respect. So, I'm very mixed on it. Um, I think it had some cool things to offer. It it, it had some great messages, but at the same time, it did look pretty bad and I was frustrated a lot with how wish fulfilling it is so take that for what you will is that is that another one you want to rush out and watch now <laughs> I'm very mixed on it I, I really do kind of like the idea of it I you know truth be told what I want is a show where the Garu is just on a, from her perspective trying to break the otaku out of his shell and I and I see and I have not watched all of Welcome to NHK, but I feel it, like that's that what one I was, was thinking. With, with what little I watched of Welcome to NHK, it feels like that did a better job of it. Like there is that struggle of that door, and this one didn't seem like it did very well with that. It's like literally, he gets pulled out of that room, and he's he's literally okay with it for the most part until every now and then she does something. And he goes, "I don't understand people," and that's that's literally the extent of it. I think most of the struggles they have throughout the entire series are v- very basic and they're handled very basically. And so it, it's not like it's not like anything here is done in any way shape or form new. It is it, they're all v- very basic romance and drama beats and they're all very safe on how they handle everything. It's just it is kind of cool in the idea that it is it does have a cool message of finding strength in each other even though you are misfits and that's about all i got out of it that was kind of fresh so yep yeah that is real girl 3d kanajo next one we have is medical girl sight this one streamed on amazon ran for 12 episodes uh, the japanese title is mahal shoujo sight this one's uh done by studio production doa the source is a manga and the genres are drama horror psychological and supernatural yes <laughs> i actually finished this show <laughs> So was it okay for me to to give up on it? Um, I will say, uh, for those that listened to our first impression, um, it chills out after the first episode. I will say that, but it still is a very, very crude and edgy, dark, nasty show. So it's just not as bad as the first episode. <laughs> Uh, it seems like the first episode was totally one of those first volumes to get you hooked onto the manga, and then they kind of chill out, kind of, kind of uh, dills. But yeah, this one follows uh, Aya, and Aya is a girl who is bullied, black and blue, all day at school, and then bullied when she's at home by her older brother, um, who his family or his parents have high expectations for him in schooling, and so he takes all his frustration out on his little sister, uh, literally beating the living crap out of her. I think at some point, even insinuating even further things, uh, it's very bad. Um, she the whole razor blade in her shoes thing at school, face shoved inside of a toilet, nearly drowned in the toilet, uh, razor blades, all that kind of stuff, um, trying to literally kill her in both locations. She has no safe place. <laughs> they were even trying to get somebody to rape her at some point. Yep. In the very, the very later parts of the first episode, even then. Um, anyways, at some point, uh, she receives this message. She goes to this, there's this website, um, 
where basically she is seen as a poor, unfortunate soul, and she's been recruited by this kind of organization of these um, administrators who grant different girls of extreme misfortune to be a magical girl. And they get a what they call a stick, and the stick can be random objects like a cell phone, uh, a razor blade, um, a weird heart gun, uh, panties. <laughs> Just different random objects can be a stick, and each one of these sticks has its own unique power. Uh, the kind of catch to it is that it seems like uh, they pretty note it pretty quickly is that these sticks kind of drain their life force. So they they do incredible things but at the same time. There is a cost to using these these uh, these abilities. Uh, and she gets a gun, and this gun basically shoots a heart at whoever she aims it at, and it can teleport them away. Uh, I think they pretty much established in the second episode. It basically tra- teleports them to wherever she kind of thinks that they need to go to. Um, and it, like I said at the very beginning of the first episode, she's nearly being raped, and she shoots the people uh, thinking about this train, and they get teleported in front of a train, and they get killed. So that is kind of the whole beginning of things. She quickly meets a girl named uh, Suyuno, and Suyuno is a girl who has a um, cell phone that can stop time, and they kind of find some kind of uh, middle ground with each other and uh, form a bond between each other and kind of slowly learn about this world of magical girls. Um, yeah, this show. This is definitely what you call a dark magical girl. It is taking the... <laughs> The elements of a uh, magical girl, like the the contractor, which is the administrator, the um, the the wand or whatever the the magical wand is your stick. They all have magical abilities. They do find some kind of camaraderie. There is a goal, a purpose, all those kind of elements of a magical girl, but being dark because people are presumably dying. Well, they are dying technically. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy people they are very psychotic everybody has again misfortunes so they're all pretty much screwed up in the head um and it really does relish in that and the first episode i think uh is a i don't think it's a true sign but i think it is definitely a what's the best term for it it's like a initiation like if you can get through this you can pretty much handle anything in the show because that is at, at its worst that is not really that it is um showing it is showing quite a bit, but it is it is not really kind of it is showing how dark and how far they're kind of going with this stuff, and you're gonna kind of expect that going forward. I there wasn't really much out of the show, but to see what they were planning on doing with it. That's really what it comes down to. Cause I don't think it really got far enough to really touch anything. Uh, it, it does get into what's going on in the background, it does get into where they get their abilities from, why they're being selected. Um, but that it doesn't really go into the quote-unquote big bad. It's It doesn't come to its conclusion. It is literally a chapter uh, closed for the series. And so what I was really getting out of this when I first started off, it was like, what are they going to do with these abilities? Are they going to do something interesting with the abilities? And will there be a payoff? That is the big key thing, because unless you're really into just watching Misery, um, which, I mean... I've had moments where I'm into watching something that is just dark because I just want to watch Misery. But uh, unless you're just really into watching Misery, you kind of want to, at least for me anyways, you kind of want a payoff. You want you want to have that misery into a payoff, which I think is a really cool thing. I've watched plenty of shows. Uh, Madoka Magica did that. There's a lot of shows that they do misery 
and then a payoff. Uh, Higurashi had moments of that, um, but Higurashi also did have quite a bit of this kind of thing where it doesn't feel like it's having a payoff. But you kind of, there's a lot of these shows and stories that you go into the misery and you're hoping for that payoff that makes you go, yes, she overcame it, or yes, she acquired this. She's happy right now. And yeah, you, de- you technically do have moments where the characters do kind of smile every now and then, but for the most part, there is no real payoff. There's no, like, yes, this just happened. You do have, like, small moments, like, yeah, technically in the first episode, she's literally just about to get raped, and she sends her to-be-rapist into a front of a bus, or a, a train, which is, yeah, clap, clap, yay, cool, justice kind of thing. Justice! <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, I don't feel satisfied. Like, there's not enough satisfaction here. Um... And I don't think they do enough cool things with the abilities to... There wasn't really a lot of clever uses of the abilities. I remember when we were watching um, uh, Magical Magical Girl Raising Project. One of the things I enjoyed about that one was even though it did have misery and it had darkness, there was an element of the payoff of the abilities. How cool they use those abilities. I was always waiting for how they're going to use these abilities next. And it was always cool. The reveals of the abilities was always cool. This one doesn't really feel like that. I think the only moment in this entire series that they use the abilities in a cool way was uh, the the razor blade was kind of cool, and the the way they used the panties was really the panties, cool. The panties was the one that was standing out for me, but that was but it was used on somebody I had no care for whatsoever. That's the biggest problem that I have. Is like. This show focused so much on characters I don't even want to see on the screen. Like, they they just kind of relish in really unappealing characters. And I, I guess that's the appeal of it, is just kind of being stuck in that that nastiness. But for the most part, it's like, I don't want to see the brother at all. Like, he can he not be there, and I'm happy. I don't, I don't want to see. And they played him off as com- the comedy. And it's like, maybe I'm just not the audience for this because I don't like this guy and I don't find him funny and the, it seemed like they're trying to make him funny I don't get that from the character at all so yeah it was a <laughs> it was a struggle for me and I was kind of constantly waiting for like I said a payoff I was constantly waiting for a cool use of abilities and I very rarely got that out of the series and I I did find some moments in it that I really started kind of liking a lot of characters I did end up liking the Jimmy. I did really like, uh, uh, so, you know, Aya is kind of, you kind of defaultly want to protect her because she's been through really crappy stuff. So I guess that's also another draw to kind of continue watching is I'm hoping for that moment that Aya is happy and she makes it through the stuff. It's just, I don't know that they're ever going to get that. And that's, that's the struggle with it is like, will there ever be a payoff? If they make another season, will there ever be a payoff? Because I never got it. And I guess technically they did give you a, a, chapter close with a payoff at the very end of the season but it's a struggle to 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 tell if it's really worth it or not so that's that's my struggle it's interesting that you point out the idea of the payoff and maybe that's something that we should we should explore at some point because i do still want to do a a discussional about magic uh, dark magical girls in particular i think that it's interesting that you bring that up because of the fact that all of the ones that I've I've watched, I think that the ones that I do end up really enjoying are the ones that do actually pull off that 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 payoff. And I this is one of those that I, yeah the the darkness got a little bit too dark and it was like, eh, do I want to watch it? And, and I just never never bothered to go and go back and watch it. But yeah, it's it is one of those things that 
I think that a payoff would definitely be necessary for a show this dark. So yes, uh, I had to tell Chris about one thing in the episode, so I, I, I cut it out. Um, desire to watch it after that? Well, I I, I do still <laughs> still technically have a desire to watch it. It's just okay. it's it's. Dark. I, I didn't want to reveal too much to him, so. Yeah, moving on, we have uh, Record of Grand Crest War. This one, uh, Grand Crest Senki. This one is streamed on Crunchyroll. We're on for 24 episodes. So we watched them in the last uh, two cores, so we're finally here to talk about it. Uh, done by Studio A1 Pictures. Sources are light novel. Genres are action and fantasy. And, of course, this is written by the same guy that wrote the Record of Lotus Wars, which we absolutely love. So, of course, we're going to love this one, too, right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, this one opens up in a fantasy realm setting, uh, medieval dragons, magic, stuff like that. Um, it takes place on the continent of Atlantan. Uh, Atlantan? I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Uh, on an island. And on this island continent, there is basically a split. Well, when the episode, when the show first starts, the story first starts, we're kind of uh, introduced the idea that there's two kind of factions that are at odds with each other and they're kind of seeking to bring peace about the land by bringing um the queen of one side and the or the princess of one side and the prince of another quote unquote the princess and prince of the other side because they're not really princes and princesses uh and have them married that way they can kind of conjoin the two sides the uh the factory alliance and the fantasia union and they're going to look to kind of bring peace by having them get married but unfortunately uh, this chaos appears, This or the chaos brings about this thing that summons in the middle of the ceremony, kills the the current uh, king and, and uh, the two current leaders, and everything's kind of put at hold there at that point. The war continues on, and everybody's killing each other. Uh, the interesting thing about this world is that there are humans and different kind of, you know, werewolves and stuff like that, and they're all kind of living on this, this continent, and they're trying to seek to live, but they're constantly faced with the monsters that are spawned from chaos. And the way to fight the chaos is that mankind are, were given these crests, and they can use these crests to fight off the chaos. And the whole idea is that if they, they can get rid of the Age of Chaos if they only brought all the crests together, and that's kind of what they were trying to do there. If they can bring all these crests together, they can form the Holy Grail that will basically do away with the chaos, and everybody will be happy at that point. But unfortunately, mankind started to use the crest to, which holds magical powers, to fight each other. And they're fighting over land, and they're killing each other, and that is not really doing any good. Uh, we follow Silica. Silica is one of these uh, mages that, uh, or witches, that is um, contracted out from the organization that gives these crests out. And she is supposed to um, become an apprentice or an assistant to Vilar Constance. And on her way there, she runs into Theo, who is this boy who's from this small island village that is seeking to gain crests in order to gain power to come back and liberate his people from the chaos. And he's very uh, strong-willed. He seeks to stop this chaos. And Silica really hates the current leadership because they're not using these crests to uh, stop the chaos. And so she immediately attaches to Theo. Like, Theo is essentially the this man that can actually do what she wants to be have done, which is to combine all these crests, stop the chaos and bring peace about the lands rather than war all the time. So she, uh, signs an oath to him, becomes his witch and uses her magical powers to, and, uh, guidance to help him, uh, gain allies, uh, build up his crests, 
gain allies and and in, in war, all that kind of stuff. Because uh, basically, every time that he defeats somebody, he can have them give his their crest to him. He gets more power, so on and so forth. Um, wow, that takes forever to explain all that stuff. <laughs> I guess that's the the thing that I love most about this show. Going into it, is that I think he does a, an excellent job of creating worlds, characters, worlds, races factions mechanics everything in this world is really cool i I, i'm 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 so into it i i I eat all that stuff up i really much enjoyed all that kind of stuff can't you wait for the 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 next season of theo (laughs) (laughs) don't give them ideas don't give them ideas you might get a game for the dreamcast out of it too hey that would be awesome (laughs) anyways uh yeah, that, that that stuff I really enjoy. I I absolutely love the uh, politics. It, it, it and it's cool because it's not heavy politics, which is good for me because I don't like I don't like getting stuck into too much of the political stuff. But at the same time, I like enough that it gives the world a lot of life to it. And I think this show did good in that. It it, it did well in kind of balancing that kind of element. It it did well in balancing all the factions that it's going through. It was kind of overwhelming at certain points, but for the most part, I was able to gather who was allies or whose and who was behind what, all this kind of stuff. I I, I guess the... And I, I I was on board with it for quite a while. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed especially uh, Villar Constant's story. It was absolutely fantastic. He was, his arc was probably my favorite through the entire series. Um, just the character building behind him, uh, his uh, relationship with Margaret, the um, having... Um, what's her name? Um, Marina come in there and they're kind of uh, bout between them because they're technically uh, related by blood. All that kind of stuff was really fantastic. All the story happening around them was great. It was it was an epic battle. It, it built up to a huge, really awesome climax. I was floored by it. I thought it was a fantastic arc. And it was it was about in the it, so it was like a, a a slow kind of build for the very first part of the series. His is a fantastic arc in the middle of the entire two cores. And then it kind of, kind of petered off, and that, <laughs> I guess that's the only thing that I really kind of struggle with this series is, is the idea that I really, I, 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 I came into it pretty warm. I, I had a fantastic arc with Constance, and then it kind of just petered off. And it, it's not that I didn't enjoy it going off to the later parts of it. It just, it never reached that, it never reached that pinnacle ever again. Um, the only thing that was kind of keeping it up for quite a while before it kind of dipped, I would say that it, it kind of kept strong all the way up to maybe the 18th episode or maybe up to 20th. I'm not sure. It felt very Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, literally, it felt like this is like the the record of Lotus. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name right now. The record of Lotus uh, writer, he went off and watched like all of uh, Game of Thrones or read the books or something like that and then decided that he wanted to make another series. And because it was very brutal, it was very. It didn't hold anything back. It, it really felt like his his writing style got kind of not so much that it's got you know the game of uh, the 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 swords thrown and everything like that or the Iron Throne, but more of an idea that he it it, it doesn't hold back at all. It, it it really does get gritty to this time period. It really does get gritty to these warring factions and what they're willing to do in order to gain favors and and strengthen allies and all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of the only thing that kind of kept it, but it did feel like it kind of just petered off at the very beginning, at the end of it. And it was it was nice though because it kind of wrapped up all the stories that it was it was kind of telling. 
So I did I did think that it did a great job of building these stories, building the the conflict and kind of wrapping it up, but throughout all the great stories in the middle there, it didn't really have a you know, blow it out of the park ending. It was very very basic for the ending. Like it, it literally did a I I made a a joke uh note at the very end the very beginning of this this outline. It's like this is the season of very basic endings. Like this is totally uh, out of the the standard book for how to end an anime type of ending, and that was kind of a. I didn't expect them to blow it out of the park, but at the same time, I was like you could have done something with this. It didn't. It didn't have to be that basic, but you did technically end it. Good job on you, kind of thing. So I don't know. I'm very mixed. I, I thought the ver- the very later parts of it was very very lackluster, but I think that it had some really strong points throughout the entire series. So yeah, I I generally liked it all the way up. I I think I, even the 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 um the Holy Grail uh part was was really good. It was right after the mm-hmm. Holy Grail that I want to say that after that point and on, it was like okay. I agree I, with that. I agree with that. But even coming up to that point, it was like it was struggling a lot with the animation. Well, yeah, the animation was they were having a rough time with that. But yeah, after after the Holy Grail and on is is where I would say that they kind of started going getting weak as far as I, I don't know that it was necessarily it, it almost felt like he had much, much more that he wanted to do. And he just had to p- pull everything together as a chapter in for some reason. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I think my feeling is on it. Um, but overall I thought it was a, a, a phenomenal story. I just, from the get go, I, I liked the mechanics. I thought the mechanics was really what sold this show to me and, um, bringing, bringing everything around. Yeah. The story was kind of what carried me through because the mechanics kind of went to the wayside very quickly and then we just had a interesting cast and what was going on in the background in this these kingdoms. The battles themselves were kind of lackluster. I was never really it never really pulled together. I mean, when they would throw in the the little mechanics here and there, it was like well, that, you wanted my, more to dig into it. Yeah, that was my thing. Like you, you're talking about the Holy Grail, but it's like that's literally like two episodes. But I think that does kind of signify it like literally the 23rd and 24th it's literally most of all that was just battling uh i think the 21st episode i think the 17th episode i think even the 20th episode so it's like sprinkled throughout there there was these episodes that most of the entire thing was just battling and it was and it was not very not very well animated like it, they, it was animated and they were and it's almost like they were really trying hard to keep it moving but it felt like there was so many people that were actually doing the animation that it didn't never it never kept a consistent look to it, and so it it did really feel like it was uh, struggling. But I think that was really was where where it was at for me. Like you're talking about with the Holy Grail thing, and after that, it literally because those next two episodes was nothing but fighting. And I think whenever they did have those episodes of nothing but fighting, it's it's where it w- really w- where it was actually losing me. Yeah. So. Yeah, they they it literally um, the 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 Holy Grail arc was was the the. What they were trying to do there was story-wise, and and it, yeah, I agree. It, there was a lot of battling to get to that point, and then when the, after that, it was just literally the next two episodes was kind of a conclusion per se. And, and it was fighting a big, huge Goliath thing, and then fighting a, a chaos thing. I'll just say that. <laughs> 
But Which yeah, is, that's 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 pretty much where I'm at. I I I liked the story for for the most part. Uh, I think that if they do pull together a kind of a cleaned up version, it'll be a lot nicer to watch. Um, I think it's worth it, um, especially if you have not watched the the um, the Record of Lotus. It's it's at least a, something to give you an idea of where this person's. Um, uh, strong points are as far as a world building type uh writer which yeah i, I agree with it. his 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 strength a lot is in in that kind of element it, it, it does definitely does make me want to go back and watch the the record of lotus war again just because to see if it is does feel exactly the same because like, like i said maybe i'm off base on it maybe it was in the in the previous one but this one felt like it was it was the record of lotus wars with that kind of influence of something like of lord uh Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones, because it just feels really brutal, brutal in that regard. Record of Lotus was kind of dark. It wasn't wasn't necessarily a light hearted show. It had a lot of really cool things in there, but it was it was kind of dark as well, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Especially with the Berserker guy, <laughs> he was cool. What was his name? Oh, it always drives me crazy whenever I think of because he was my favorite character. Him and his him and that girl, horse. Horus. That's possible, Ooh, unless that was the dwarf. Um, the dwarf and the 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 elves—they never get together and get along, mm-hmm. just like uh, just like the Lord of the Rings. All right, let's move on to our last show that we have, which is Carcaptor Sakura Clear Card Arc. This one is Carcaptor Sakura Clear Card Hin, the Japanese uh, title for it. This one streamed on Crunchyroll for twelve or twenty-two episodes and done by Studio Madhouse, and the source is a manga. Of course, is a returning series of Carcaptor Sakura. For those that don't know who Carcaptor Sakura, you're uh, you either don't listen to me enough or you're just under a rock because I talk about her way too much, and she is probably, yeah, I will admit, not as more as popular as Sailor Moon, but definitely probably the second uh, most popular magical girl show out there, unless you can think of another one, Maria the Ripper. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that's uh. That's a thing. So, Carcaptor Sakura. Uh, <laughs> I was aired... messing with you. Jack the Ripper, okay? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if she's a magical girl, but okay. Same voice actress. Yes, that's that's true. That's I was just teasing you. Um, he, I already told him that you I... messed me up. <laughs> All <laughs> I, I hear is, wee, every time I watch her now. <laughs> I told him, I told him when, because uh, I, I started watching the Fate Apocrypha, about the same time this was kicking off, and we were watching the we were watching the original Carcaptor Sakura series, and I'm like, oh my gosh, here's Jack the Ripper on on Fate Apocrypha, and she's like really really dark, and it's the same voice, and it's totally throwing me off as as Sakura's way too adorable, and and you want to protect her, but this girl is like psychotic. But anyways, yes, back in 1998, uh, the Carcaptor Sakura series launched way back in the day. Madhouse did it back then as well, and uh, it was based off of a manga and was built off of uh clamp who is a very popular um group of artists that do a lot of cool things like subasa chronicles and whatnot but uh i really enjoyed that series back then it was a, a fantastic series i actually pushed the review of our review of the old series that we rewatched it and reviewed it today as we're recording this which will be yesterday when this is post just so that we have that out there before this gets posted up but um, if you listen to that, you'll know that I'm a huge fan of Carcaptor Sakura. She's my favorite actual magical girl overall. So um, there's a lot of fans of Sailor Moon, Madoka Magica, 
Kakata Sakura was my my favorite of all. So seeing her come back is definitely exciting. I was absolutely thrilled to see her come back. Um, it was a continuation. Uh, Madhouse is still knocking out of the park. They're not they're not messing with the series, kind of like what some other studio did with another series. They're taking tender care of it. They love this series, so they are giving it full tension. Visuals are still spot on. Definitely a lot more polished than the old series was, of course, because now we have new technologies. Um, they're a little more grown up, a little bit different style to Sakura. Um, of course, the relationships that were kind of concluded with with the original series continued on. And uh, there was a little bit of um, story retconning that they kind of did because technically the original series uh, had original ending to it. So they did a little bit of a a switcheroo with where it kind of ends and this one begins is not technically the end of the original series. So you do have to look into that. They did have an episode zero, which I think is on Crunchyroll that you can watch to kind of get an idea of where it's at. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this series. And so to see it come back is absolutely thrilling to me. Um, for those who don't know, it pretty much opens up that she has all the cards that cards that she got from the original series. They all became clear cards and so now she's trying to figure out why they become clear cards, what's going on with the dreams that she's having with this cloaked individual. Uh, she's getting, she's basically got a new key that she's using to capture these new cars that are have a translucent to them. They're clear. Um, they kind of have similar elements to them, but to the original series uh, cards, but are the cloak cards, but they're kind of different names and different aspects to them. So, um, and we meet new characters and, there's some obvious connections to them and the bad people. So there are some obvious elements there, which uh, kind of comes from stories like this. So I guess that comes to my my kind of point that I really want to get into with this uh, this new series is I love seeing it come back. It's it's the card captor Sakura I've always loved. It's got that innocence of Sakura, the the fighting these things, the love that she has for these cards that she's she's collecting. Uh, the relationships she has with her friends and her family members, it gets more into her mother. Um, she gains a um, photo card that kind of gives a little bit of glimpse into um, her mother, which was really fantastic. Uh, it is still continuing to hint on the idea that Toya, her brother, is going to get involved in some way, which I'm kind of like, let's do it already kind of thing already. <laughs> um, Shalon had some great moments in this series because he's feeling a little bit left out because, you know, of course, like halfway through the last series, um, he wasn't, of course, chosen as the car captor like Sakura was. Um, my only struggle I really have with this is that it's kind of hard to recommend to anybody because what I, the thing that fuels me for the series is that I love the characters and I want to see more of them and it's nostalgic, but I do acknowledge that it's technically not really doing anything. It's not, it's not breaking any grounds or anything like that. And I think that's a struggle that most people will have with this series is that it's been 20 years and we're still kind of keeping to the same formula that was for us when we were watching it back then when we were younger and we're kind of older now. So it it's almost like you would expect it to evolve with the, with the fans of it, but it didn't. It kind of kept it back there. It does is not as childish, but it was never really childish to begin with. I, I believe the original series. So um, like I mentioned in the old review, is like it's not a super fluffy Moe show, or it is Moe show, but it's not like super fluffy. It does kind of keep itself grounded in reality while kind of being serious at times. But it was never really too adult. And you felt like it was going to mature a little bit, but it didn't. So you can't expect that 
children would pick up right on this one because it's technically continuing a story and I don't think they're going to watch the old show. So it begs the question of who is it really for? And now all I can think of is that it's for the fans and not wanting to change anything about it. Like they, they don't want to, they don't want to mess up what the fans originally fell in love with. Maybe that's what they're going for. So I do acknowledge that it's not like it's doing anything gripping and it's not pushing things forward. And that's kind of a little frustration that I even personally have is I kind of want them to, to do something with this stuff. Like they toying with Toya. It's like, do something with him. Uh, having the struggles that Shawan does, I guess to take a look and do something with him, but it took 22 episodes for us to finally reveal something that we're kind of already got from the very first few episodes. So it's like, do you really need to drag us out for this? Uh, we, we're kind of, we, we're not kids anymore. We kind of get to what's going on here. So it, it, there's a little bit of struggle there, but at the same time, like I said, it, it looks great. Uh, Madhouse is doing a fantastic job with animating it. Um, I love the character still, and I want to see more of them. And I look forward to more of the, for more of the series in the next arc. But, um, I do acknowledge that it's hard to kind of recommend to people just because it's not really cutting edge storytelling. So. Yeah, I would I would automatically assume that, that hopefully they're setting up for another twenty two episodes or something because whatever they've everything that they've built in this particular uh, section or s- season or whatever you want to call it, um. I it felt like the next logical progression of the storyline, and and so it's it's very interesting in that in that respect. It's toyed with the idea of setting up a new bad guy. It's toyed with the idea of setting up uh, something going on with Shaoran. It's toyed with the idea of doing something with the with the big brother. It's a lot um, of setup. Yeah, it's got a lot of setup in twenty two episodes. Twenty two ep- episodes, but nothing as far as a payoff and that i think is my biggest frustration is is i have there that's a lot to build up and nothing was concluded in any of that and i feel very very let down and it's funny because no that was that was a really cute little payoff moment with her and with shawan it's so funny because i almost felt like they were going to point out that point where it's like you realize at some point they kind of state exactly what is the deal with Sakura. And it's like, you realize really quickly and she doesn't realize that she's very, she's technically OP. She just doesn't know it. And so it's like, okay, so who's going to point out to who or who's going to figure it out first? Was it shot? Did Shadon figure it out? That she basically is, spoiler, I'm going to cut it out. No, and Errol pointed it out. Was it Errol? Yeah, yeah, he pointed out to Karabos and and what's his face? Yeah. I think it was at the same time they were paralleling their conversation with with him with with Sakura, so that's probably why I was getting that. But yeah, it's, it's no, I think that uh, it was uh, uh, the other girl talking to, uh, or I'm sorry, the bunny talking to the other guy at the same time. I thought it was either that or Shalon was was fig- well. I guess my what I was pulling from that is that Shalon realized that they were just talking about something, and she does is he is he having a gut punch here? Like, is he realized that holy crap, this chick is op she just does not know it kind of thing so it was it was a really cool little moment but like i said it, it's it's it does have its moments where it's like wow they can totally do something really cool with this and it like you said it, the frustration comes with when you back up and go but they're just setting it up and when are they actually going to have that payoff and i hope that's all i hope that's all signs of something really really cool they're going to go into um because they've already pretty much revealed that there is a this is it's cool because they've revealed that this is a very they've 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 had a power test 
And so you're like, wow, okay, we've we've shown the the the, the whole how who can shoot shoot farther kind of thing. And going on from there, you have the element of, well, okay, this is this is kind of a reveal of what Sakura is. And does that mean that we're going to go to this kind of... And, and it's really cool because they still keep this element of there really is never... You can kind of see there's probably alternative motives here. So it's there's still depth through who they're going against. So it, it, it has all that great writing in there. It's just you're hoping that they're going to eventually get to it and not just be set up constantly. So... Even I, as rose-tinted glasses, can still acknowledge that there is a, a flaw here, and but I still have excitement for what they can end up doing with it. So, yeah, and it it did seem like the, the way they concluded the the closing scene of the the last episode with Carabaros and the little goofy studio they have there, <laughs> they're pretty much saying we're we'll see you guys later kind of thing. So they're going to continue it on. So I'm not sure how long. I don't I don't think I've seen an announcement for when we're going to see more. So. In twenty it's, years, you kind of assume it's coming. So, yeah, yes, yeah, in twenty more years, Chris. No, uh, yeah, that's uh, Car Captor Sakura, Clear Card Hin. So, yeah, that's the that's the first batches of spring twenty eighteen anime season reviews. Um, again, I still feel really bad that we didn't do our preview. <laughs> I'm totally shocked that I completely forgot about it. I didn't mean to mess you up like that. that. I just, that's, it the, was... that's the episode I love. Now, that's the episode I hate putting together the most because it takes so much research, but that's the episode I look forward to uh, a lot because that's really where we're diving into a lot of cool things that we want to kind of share with people. So, But that's fine, though, because technically the season won't start until we get that out and we'll have more information available to us. So we... We're just not going to beat everybody else to the punch, but at the same time, we'll have more. Information oh, I'm sure that I don't think I've. Well, I haven't really been listening to anybody else, so they may have. They're all talking about that. E3 too. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess um, barring any other changes, we'll probably have the preview next week, and then. But that works out great because, like I said earlier, um, I was struggling how we were going to do the third part of the reviews because technically, the day of the drop for the third episode of the reviews would be on the day that Darling the Franks ends and another show ends. I forgot which one it was. Um, They're both ending on that day. So we were, we were literally going to have to have you come home from work, us watch two episodes of a show just to get the final episodes and then do the review like right after that. So this, that'll work out great because then we'll just do it next week. Works for me. So it's just going to look a little weird on our feed, but you guys don't care. We want to get our opinions on this stuff, so that's great. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, list of reviews. So let us know what you think. D- did you find Hinamatsuri great? Did we sell you on it? You're going to go watch it now? Probably, hopefully. Yes, you're going to watch it. I hope it. so. Uh, did you get a kick out of the Umumuzume references that they made about the real horses? Uh, I, do you think I'm wrong on Real Girl? Do you think that they portrayed that stuff realistically? Uh, I That's one of the fascinating things with like Real Girl, and it was something that we struggled with with... Uh, um, like as the moon so beautiful whatever that was that show was the great thing that was there was that there was a lot of people that were saying this is unrealistic but a lot of people are like no that that that's, that feels real to me because i kind of had experiences like that when i was a kid so everybody has experiences that are different maybe you feel like well no i was the geek in my class and i had that girl that was um you know everybody thought that she was a slut but she ended up being my girlfriend we got married or whatever you look i could be dog, wrong you i could be wrong yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh maybe you were fine with magical girl and how dark that was so definitely let us know um leave us comments we love hearing from you guys letting us know what you believe of this stuff and letting other people know what you think so again we're at otakuspirit.com go there for all our anime new and old great community the forming stop social media links on the right side all that good stuff and you'll take care Oos.
かける